Now, we all know there's tons of different CBDs out there, right? Well, there's one that you guys need to try, Hemparita. Simply go to iHemparita.com, click the link right in the description, get the best CBD gummies and the best CBD shooters you can get. I'm telling you, I have some right here. Look, there's a shooter. There's the gummy. One of these gummies is one serving. Half of this shooter is one serving. iHemparita.com. I'm going to look. Hemparita. Get you some. Use promo code search 30 when you cash out. Save yourself 10%. Save yourself 10%. iHemparita.com. The link is right in the description. Promo code serves 30 being cash out. Save yourself 10%. Do it. Right. Episode of Horror Search 30. I have Adam and Steve with me tonight. Thank you both for coming on the show. And shout out to any last words. Joe, thanks for sending them over to me. Awesome. I can't wait to have some discussions about horror. So, <laughs> Well, thank yeah. you for having us. Oh, of course. Of course. I'm, this is a question for both of you. Who or what got you into horror? That's one. All right, here's a couple questions. All right, here's how I'm going to start it. So who or what got you into horror? What's the first horror movie you remember that scared you? And then I guess this will probably kind of connect with that question. Who or what got you into being in movies? What Whatever you do with the movies, who got you into that? So if you want to start with like who or what got you into horror and then like that first movie that scared you. And I'll say what age. What age was that? That you started in horror. Okay. You want to go first? Um, first movie that scared me uh, was The Exorcist. And that's still the only one that still gets under my skin. Uh, because I saw it when I was about four years old. That was mommy and me time back when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And uh, literally the only time that we got to spend together was when we watched horror movies. So that was, that's what got me into horror initially. And as far as the movies, um, Adam is the main reason that I've been doing movies. So... You said four years old for you? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I started between the ages of, I want to say five and seven. Movie that scared me. The movie that's, I don't know if it's the first movie that scared me, the one that stands out and I find hilarious now Creep Show to yeah, yeah. The Hitchhiker. Thanks for the ride, late. I don't know why. Right. Like, literally almost scared the shit out of me to the point to where. When I'm watching horror movies, it was my cousin. Um, my, okay, so I'll shout them out really quick. My cousin Gisela, my brother Zach, my cousins Jeff and Josh and Jerome. You know, I was the youngest. Like, I was the baby. I was, like I said, between five and seven. And when we were at whoever's house we were at staying the night, it was don't wake up mom or don't wake up aunt so-and-so because you're going to get us all in trouble because we're letting you sit here and watch this movie with us. And back in those days, as you know, <laughs> trouble doesn't mean time out. It means a spanking, which nobody wants. <laughs> And so, like, when we're watching these movies, I, I would pause, I would have them pause them and have somebody walk me to the bathroom and then walk back and finish these movies every single time. And I, as far as being scared of the movies, I was terrified. But, like, nightmares and stuff didn't really happen to my, to my memory because we, again, when you're, when you have sleepovers with family, friends, whatever, you're pretty much camping out in the living room, you're camping out in one room anyway and staying there. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm watching these movies with the big kids and I'm going to sleep in this room with the big kids. So I won't get scared. 
And I mean, it just developed into eventually into this to where I just love horror movies. Just it brings you, it brings that good memories. As crazy as that may sound for some people, but it's just like you're saying with your mother with the Exorcist and yeah. watching horror movies with your mom, like when you're watching, I'm sure that brings good good memories to you because like you got to spend time with her. And right. I think with friends and family. But how about you, Adam? What got you into all this? Well, I had um, when I was a, a kid. We had this video store that um, that was in Newport, Tennessee. It was called Movie Time Video. And um, every weekend, my parents would take me there. And I would spend four hours picking out five movies for $5 and five nights. <laughs> so I went through, like, almost all the video nasties list as, like, under 10. <laughs> mm-hmm. So one of the, the two films, or actually there's three films that really affected me. Um, and each, like when I first, uh, the movie that bothered me the most was the evil dead. Um, I watched it at a very young age. I'd never seen nothing like that. It was just really over the top, you know, crazy, bizarre. Mm-hmm. And it's only 30 minutes away from where we are right now. So it's, uh, the original cabin, uh, that used to be there, nice. which I have visited. Um, and, uh, I never forgot that one. And then immediately after I finished The Evil Dead, I watched the movie Dawn of the Dead for the first time. And I was probably around like, I want to say, maybe eight years old, Mm -hmm. I want to say. Didn't really know what a zombie was. So that gave me nightmares for (laughs) years to come. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, so... And what got me into the the horror industry, I guess, is um, I've always loved horror films. And I I went and um, I was doing work in a different country and I came to um, uh, back to the States and I needed a way to just um, kind of uh, let myself go in a way. So I tried several different things. I even tried truck driving. I drove across the country and eventually I wound up going to uh, a talent agency that's here in Knoxville that has a a very good coach. And I took acting uh, from Joy Morris. And uh, from there, it just kind of like they wanted me to sign. And I was like, you know, I don't want to sign with an agency. I wanted to network. So I started going to conventions, meeting people and just networking like crazy. And that's when I got... uh, I got cast in another film before my very first film, but mm-hmm. it didn't happen. But my very first film that happened was Truly Madly. And that was the one I was first cast in as a lead. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Now, is it, <clears throat> as far as the acting goes, is it something that, um, I, did, like, did you have an inkling of wanting to do it as a child at all? Or is it just more of an adulthood type of? I mean, as a, as a, as a kid, you know, like I would act out scenes and things like that. I never saw myself as an actor. I never, you know, it's kind of like every little kid's dream, you know, Hey, you're going to be in a movie when you grow up. If you tell somebody that, then it's just kind of like that mindset. But I will, I will say that it's very fun to dream about it and Mm -hmm. it's very different working in it, but that's a good thing. It's a, it's a good thing. It's just a, it's, you know, it's very different than what I think a lot of people expect. So. I could, I mean, I don't have any experience in it, but I could see that because I think a lot of people expect just because they think of the top actors. I think of the most famous actors and like 
their life, their supposed lifestyles. Like, oh, cool. You see, let's use Will Smith. You see Will Smith on TV. You see him on the red carpet, this, that, and the third, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's probably not that glamorous. As a matter of fact, it's not that. I Just speaking to other people who've acted in, I'll say indie, it's not that glamorous, but it's something to where a lot of people do have a true passion for it, which I think is awesome. I think what I'm loving about, I think horror more than any other genre, it is my favorite genre, but I think the biggest thing I'm starting to love about it more and more, seeing how I learned about indie films over these past few years is that literally anybody can grab their camera. I'm not saying they can make the best films, but literally anybody can grab their camera and make a film and put it out there at the very least on YouTube for people to watch, which I think is just awesome. And you're seeing that and you're seeing people do it at different levels in the indie scene, but you're seeing them do it and succeed at it and come up with some great movies. Like I like how I don't even mind that they're doing the the whole Friday the 13th and all that. I enjoy all of those as well. And they don't spin on it, but I also love when people come up with fresh ideas is all of it. I love it all. And I just like, why not? I would love to see, I'd love to see the indie scene blow up to the extent of, I'll say the finances of Hollywood as far as having the budget to do those films, but not to where it's like, okay, well now we have all this money so we can just put anything out and people are going to watch it. Cause then it's kind of like, uh, now you're just, you're just Hollywood now. It's like, come on. Yeah. Right. Well, the, I know that the Hollywood scene right now, um, it's, it's really hurting from COVID. I know like people who are like in SAG uh, as well, who, who only do like non indie films, unless they're FICOR. Mm-hmm. Um, they, are getting like a lot of emails saying like, Hey, we haven't met budget requirements and things like that. Don't do this film. Um, and as to where like, you know, people who can do indie and where they're not letting things stop them, they're able to still create and mm-hmm. not have to worry about meeting that requirement just to have, you know, you know, just, you know, just doing on indie cause you can do a film for literally no budget or you can have a really big budget, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is awesome, though, because, again, I think a big thing from what I've from what I've seen with the indie scene is with the smaller budget films, you have to be creative oh, yeah. One way or another. You have to be creative with that. I mean, with the story, the acting to an extent, um, the lighting, just certain things. There's just certain things I love when certain movies do it. And I wish I had freaking examples, but when they do it in the indie films and that really stands out. There was one movie, I can't think of the name of it though, but mentioning the lighting because you the color of the light you guys have, like every not every single scene, but like every big scene had like a different color type of lighting. Like the the mood was different. And I'm like, I love this. I love this. Another thing I like with um with well, I guess acting all across the board is when people can show emotion. Like it's one thing to look scared kind of sort of like act looking scared but it's another thing when you're actually looking scared to where which i'll joke and say that fear of when your mother you know your mother's about to come give you a spanking with the belt you look <laughs> terrified you're not smiling yeah. like you're really scared and and it's in the, it's not just like your face it's your eyes it's like your whole body and yeah. that to me that right there sells a scene like yes you could say whatever you could sound scared and all that stuff but if your face doesn't sell it it it's just like, and it's not their, it's not the person's fault because of course you're acting, but still it's just like, that's something that can make or break a scene. And that's something that really stands out to me, even more so now, because again, I have two, two podcasts now, two shows and you pay attention to things more. You're like, okay, why is this movie good? Or why is this movie bad? And 
sometimes that little thing can make it. I'm not going to say it'll make a, a bad movie good, but it can make, I'll say a good movie damn near great. And it can make a bad movie maybe enjoyable at the, at the least. Right. Yeah. But certain things like that, just certain things like that. And it's, it sounds simple, but I know it's not because again, you have to act these certain emotions and like really sell it. I have zero experience at that, but I look at it. If it was that easy, everybody would be doing it. <laughs> it was when I took um, acting from the coach, what they would do is like, they would have like um, this big stage that you go on top of. And then they would have probably like 30, 40 people sitting around out in the audience watching you. Mm-hmm. And then they would have one empty chair at the front. And let's say, um, for the example that I, I can think of, the, the girl who gave, I think, the best performance when I saw it, uh, in real life, um, she had caught her father cheating on her mother in real life. But the scene was about an estranged father and daughter are having an emotional, hard conversation. So what they did was they had the empty chair. They brought this girl up on the stage and they would say, tell your father how you feel. So she would be talking to this empty chair, imagining that it's her father. And then when she got, when she would let it all out and just start screaming at him, like, you know, upset, the director would say action. And she would go straight into the monologue. And with that real emotion, that's, that's kind of the secret. Like you use different things and your entire body all the way down to your mind is such a tool that you use with it. And it's just, you can, when you when you do it that way, kind of you can give a great performance. Mm-hmm. Um, if you kind of get out of your head and you start like talking to the people around you or something, you know, it can it can break it and it it's not as effective. So it's really hard sometimes to kind of like make sure that your mind's not kind of like every which way if you're doing multiple things on a film um, mm-hmm. to make sure that you deliver your character if you're doing other roles and still acting in the film as well. So that's one thing that I've I've noticed is a little kind of uh, kind of hard <laughs> at times. Well, that makes that does make sense. So I guess getting ready before you hit record like that, yeah. something real emotional, whatever the scene is. But you still got to be able to do it and sell it. I think that's that's that still takes talent either way. But that that does make sense. That's that's kind of cool though. That's pretty cool. <clears throat> Excuse me. What was I going to say next? So what do you, um, what do you have coming up? So what we have coming up right now is, um, reunion from hell is about to, um, was it April 1st for no, it's, uh, May 1st, May 1st, excuse me, May 1st, uh, it's going to be shown in uh, a theater and okay. for premiere. And I think that they're going to do like some other locations as well. Um, truly madly is coming to uh, DVD. And a later it'll come out on Blu-ray. Um, and then we're about to go into production on a new film called Deadly Dealings, which I wrote um, producing and directing and acting as oh, well. Damn. So it, and I'm used to kind of like the whole like line thing, like where you're kind of like doing a little bit of everything. I did that um, with uh, Truly Madly, Reunion mm-hmm. from Hell. And um, also, like, a couple of shorts, you know, I, I helped a lot on the back scene uh, with some stuff that I've done. So um, I'm, I'm excited uh, for Deadly Dealings. 
it's going to be, I'm going to say it's, it's like one giant art project. You got lots of glitter, lots of lights, insane, bizarre costumes. Um, we got great locations and um, it's, it's going to be organic. organic is, is a good mm-hmm. word for it. Yeah. Nice. Now you're saying, oh, wow. You say you're doing all that, you know, acting, directing, all that. Does that get tiresome or is it, does it ever get too much? I've, uh, it, it, it gets a little bit like, I think like when I'm, you know, there at the moment, um, on set, you're just kind of like on a high because you're just, you know, love being on set. Mm-hmm. Um, with, uh, with what I've done before, it's, it's, it's very, very stressful. You'll have, I've had a, like a lot of little breakdowns here and there, just kind of go off, let it out, come back and you're good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's uh it's fun and the the finished product is what is um satisfying to see that to know that you went all out um with reunion uh, i want to say with reunion from hell i was really happy with all the hard work that everyone put into it and uh you know the way that i've seen the footage come off that's been sent that i've got to see it's i'm i'm very proud of everybody and uh which really madly, I'm really proud of that film. Uh, I was really, really sick during the filming of that, like deathly sick. Mm. Um, and they didn't really know what was wrong with me for four years. And they figured out what it was um, only after I'd filmed. And it was really hard because we had had like 116 degree weather, no AC, um, sweating, uh, you know, and just in this makeup and, it, it, it's a lot 19 hour days um work 40 hours a week and then you're up the entire weekend with no sleep driving five hours to set driving uh, five hours back um i did that for two years oh damn <laughs> yeah so there was a lot that went into truly madly and um i, I want to say that it's a, a love project because uh, some people on on said they say this is the passion project you know like we we need to make sure we get it done and, uh, and it was, it was a passion project, but um, the director had a vision. Um, we went for it. A lot of things changed in the middle of that. And uh, we kind of changed style. We got like a ton of filming done. And then we had to recast the lead and refilm it all again. Uh, lost locations at times. It was, it was a very complex script that I really liked. It's really similar to Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, uh, Brian Dorton gave me that film and said, watch this. And he said, use this for inspiration. And the, our film truly madly is completely different in its own way, but I kind of see why he wanted me to use it for inspiration. Um, and you were there on the church scenes, the church scenes yeah. was like horrible, <laughs> horrible, <laughs> like it was a super old church, no air conditioning. It got hotter as the, um, the actual, you know, sun went down. There for hours yeah. on end. I mean, I think even like one person got like overheated. Yeah. <laughs> so damn. there was big fans we turned on in between scenes. And yeah, we were able to get like one of the actresses that was there, her, her husband, um, he had industrial fans. So they brought them over and put in the church for us so that that helped out a little bit but you have to turn those off and film yeah cw said he backed reunion from hell 
And he actually he has an awesome podcast called uh, Ramblings of a Madman, which if he's looking for guests and someone else to hit up and let you know, he's he's awesome. He's him and his co-host Sean are really, really, really cool. But damn the heat that would oh my gosh because that you know what it is like heat and hunger piss me off like it I feel right. like everybody like one it's like oh my god it's so fucking hot and I'm so damn hungry but we have like for you guys having to do that film we have to finish this film you turn the fan on for a couple minutes it feels good even if it's like the hot air blowing on you but it's just, it just feels good because some sort of air and as soon as you turn yeah. that off you're just like fuck I'm mad again yeah. well. <laughs> The director's last film was the remake of Crazy Fat Ethel, and mm-hmm. they had to be on set with no AC again with real guts in the heat. Yeah, and it was just like, and it was just like straight from like a like they went to a slaughterhouse and you know, but yeah. um, just got it. But I mean, it, it looked real for the scene, and it was it was really effective. Um, it was. Um, yeah, I'm just glad that that didn't happen because that was supposed to happen on this one and it didn't. So, <laughs> oh, that um, was... <laughs> just I can imagine the smell because you got the heat and then the smell. Oh gosh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know on theirs, their can they had candles on a table and it melted because it was so hot. <laughs> Damn. So, but um, other than that, like the 19 hour days of filming. That 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 can wear you out fast because those were that was a lot of filming during those times. So CW said he would love to have you guys on his show. <laughs> okay, anytime, yeah. But um, my next question is, what mm-hmm. is your what was your maybe one of your most or not most favorite? I don't think it's a word. What is your favorite moment or one of your favorite moments from filming? And then what's one of your least favorite moments filming? Being just on, I'll say on set in general, that could be sitting in the director's chair, acting, whatever it is. What was like your, and it's for both of you. What was your favorite and your least favorite? Okay. Um, you don't have to mention the movie, so you don't have to like have any, you know. I want to say that working on Savage Vengeance, um, that scene that uh, I, I did, um, it was uh, a sexual assault scene on on me. However, the shoot was just really fun. It was it was a blast. Um, I had um, I was uh, I had got to kind of stay up late with the other actress, like almost like all night. We just talked, reenacted everything, and um, her name was Cat Cat Underwood and. She she was such a blast to hang out with and working with Jake Selch, um, who was a director uh, mm-hmm. and writer, um, and uh, and his husband Joe. It they they both were just so fun to work with, and they were uh, had a great time. We we had like massive screaming sessions where I literally like am like over on top of this table and I'm like screaming my guts out. Well, you know everybody thinks oh it's easy to scream until you actually try it so if you ever have to like scream and record yourself and you watch it and you're like uh it takes a lot of practice you know to make it kind of look you know like you're in pain so um that was i think my most fun moment of filming was uh, being tied naked over a 
table getting assaulted by something and having to scream it out and just kind of act it out. I know it sounds awful, but it was just really fun. So it was a great shoot. Great, great shoot. What you just said, it, it seems funny because it sounds like you're trying to sell something. something like, just sign up for it. I know it sounds bad, but it's really fun. Right? It's, well, it's, if you've ever seen the original Savage Vengeance, it's about, um, it was supposed to be the unofficial remake to I Spit on Your Grave. It had Camille Keaton in it. Um, and it was directed by Donald Farmer. Well, in this new version, it's reimagined new characters and things like that. And it, it, um, they're kind of like, instead of just like showing like assault to just one sex, they're showing that all across the board where there's like a female antagonist as well. So it, it's kind of different than I, I think what's been done in a lot of the rape and revenge yeah. genre. Yeah. So uh, I, I was proud to play the part because I felt like, you know, there's that line that's never been explored. And I kind of got to help bring that to a screen for somebody to see. Um, but at the same time, it was just such a fun shoot with working with everybody. It was great. Um, my least favorite shoot, I would have to say, would be the basement scenes of Reunion from Hell. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. To see when that, well, see, you have to see that when that comes out. No spoilers yeah. yet, people. No spoilers. <laughs> but the house that we stayed in has its own personality, is the way I'll put it. Like yeah. everybody was petrified of the basement, didn't want to go there. Um, it was, it was just really, really creepy. <laughs> now, so. speak, speaking on that movie, mm. oh, here's Joe. Any last words? Thank you again for this inter- for setting this up for us, Joe. Appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. Ah, uh, look at this. Oh, and Aaron. See this? I love it. Gotta love it. And CW is taking off. Thanks for stopping by, man. And definitely connect with these two. You're going to have an awesome, fun time with them. But yeah, so for Reunion from Hell, you, you said that's coming out in May. May 1st, you said, right? Or April? May, May 1st is the uh, fan premiere. Yeah. Uh, the last day of April is for uh, Cast and Curtain. Okay. And now, that's gonna be Nashville. Yeah. How's that gonna be distributed? Um there is I d- there there was several, several distribution companies wanting to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um I knew a few of them, which I'm not gonna say, but I, I was very surprised. I, I I will say that. Um but uh I know that they're planning to have it stream uh for people to be able to see it. If they want to, you know, purchase to watch it, mm-hmm. or they're, it's going to also be like on Blu-ray, uh, DVD. Um, but I know they were like really pushing for like streaming services if they were wanting that on. Um, but it's just kind of like you know, there. I was really heavily involved in the pre-production part of it, and then like in the filming. Mm-hmm. Um, after the after like the filming, it's just been kind of like you know everything you know, kind of just like went back to normal a little bit just because it was a very hectic shoot. Um, and it, there was just, there was a lot to do. Uh, and we just had to, you know, we did it. We all did it, everyone. And um, it was a lot of teamwork and a lot of fun. Um, 
so I'm kind of excited to see the final product. I'm kind of I'm kind of liking that I haven't seen a lot of it yet because I feel like it's going to be a surprise once we finally do see it. So, yeah. And that just runs me into another question for you. I'm glad you just said that. How does it feel seeing yourself on screen for certain films? Is it one of those things to where some people can't stand hearing their own voice? Like, for example, there's one of my co-hosts, James, my friend James. He won't listen to the episodes that we do together. Like he'll listen to older episodes that I've done without him, but he won't listen to episodes that we've been doing together on this show or the other show because he doesn't like hearing his own voice. I'm the complete opposite of that. <laughs> like I love Thank you. I love listening to my I don't want to sound like that. I love listening to the shows because you go back and you hear some conversations especially with like movie reviews and you're like yeah. The fuck? What were we? Why did I say that? Or whatever the case may be. And it's like it's hilarious. So I love it. But so how is that watching yourself on a movie though? Like, is it one of those things where you're just like, oh shit, here comes my part? I I don't know. I I like to pick myself apart. Of course, I do that in real life too. So yeah. Um, it's like I I was watching one scene. It's like every line fit except for that one line. And it's like you know you can't really go back and redo it. I mean you could, but you know, it's like, it's just, you know, everybody else is like, oh, it sounds great. But that one line, you know, out of that whole set, you know, that one line, I didn't like that one line. So um, I, I just picked myself apart on it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I tore myself apart because where where I was so sick for four years, um, what it was is I had um, a liver disease and it swelled my body up randomly so like you could tell because like i'd be like skinny on set for a second and i didn't know what it was i would eat like one thing drink something like a coke that i wasn't supposed to have immediately i just looked like a completely different person i'd swell up fluid deathly sick my chest would stick out abnormally because it was like pushing an organ up out of the scene and they're like we have to reshoot because we can see that you're not looking okay <laughs> so i i really um tore myself up on at least the first uh two films that mm -hmm. that came out one was cannibal hookers um i was I actually right as we got done filming cannibal hookers i wound up in the emergency room because i couldn't breathe because my chest becomes so you know inflated mm -hmm. but um but the shoot itself, like the, the actual project, and when I, when I see the footage, I think, oh, that was a great memory. I know what we were doing here, and I remember who was behind this curtain and what they were doing. So that part of it, I, I love. Uh, I love the memories part of it because it's it's something that's forever. It's on film forever. Yeah. And with Cannibal Hookers, you know, we met, well, I met uh, Joe Castrolene, uh Ronnie George, uh, Dessa, or Jeff Dessa, Jessa Flux, who is also a lead in Reunion from Hell. Um, and she's oh just, she's wonderful. She's amazing. She's a ball of energy. Yeah. <laughs> she's just got some great charisma and energy about her. So, um, yeah. So, I, and from every, every film I've done, I've kind of like, when you network, you know, and you just kind of like, you get to work with other people on, other sets and then you like watch the footage and you're like, Oh, we grew from the last time we did another film. So you like see everybody's kind of, um, the, yeah, their art grow a little bit more. So. Yeah. yeah. And really quick, Joe, thanks for stopping by. We all love you too. And I can't wait for a reunion from hell either. 
that and I want to see cannibal hookers as well. Like when you so when you sent me the pictures you sent, you know, that I could share and all this stuff, I'm like, and I was as I'm setting up for the show, I think yesterday, I was talking to one of my friends and I was like, I want to see this movie. This title right here just stands out to me. Cannibal Hookers. <laughs> I want to see something like that. The original was 1987, um, Donald Farmer's film. And it was fun. It was like, it's about these two girls. They want to get in this sorority. So they get hazed into dressing like prostitutes and they have to walk down Sunset Boulevard, pick up guys, take them to a location. And when they get to the location um, that the sorority sisters gave them, it's a whorehouse, but it's a clan of cannibals in disguise as a whorehouse. Mm. It's very campy, but it's, it's it was it's great. Yeah, it it's was a fun movie. It was a really <laughs> fun movie. Um, and I, I want to say it's probably like my favorite mm. Donald Farmer film to this day. I, I I watch it all the time. And then like being in the remake slash kind of it's not really like a remake. It's more of like a a re envisioning sequel mm-hmm. to it, like thirty years later. Um, that was really cool. Just to be like, hey, like, you know, you watch this, you love it. And then now, hey, here you are years later and you're in it. Yeah, I, I, that's I have, I feel like I have to see that. I don't know what it is, but I seen the title. I was like, yes, I, I got to see that. I just have to see it. It's just one of them things. And with you know what it is to with horror, there's sometimes you just see a title. And it's a hit or miss. <laughs> it's yeah. a hit or miss. Like I'll give you an example. One movie that I freaking love, Thanks Killing. Uh-huh. Hilarious movie. If you've never seen it, it's on Tubi. I believe it's also on Amazon Prime, but I know it's on Tubi for free. I own the DVD. I don't know where it is right now, but I just recently got that. I think this year or the end of last year. I love that freaking movie so much. And it's one of the cheesiest, corniest indie films I've ever seen in my life. But it's like one of my favorite, if not my favorite, holiday horror movie at the same time. <laughs> Just because, like, when I think of holiday horror, yes, I don't, like, don't get me wrong, Silent Night, Deadly Night, um, what's the one? Black Christmas, the yeah. original, and, e- and even the first remake, not the one that they made in, what, 2019? But yeah. the remake. Fun movies, fun films, it's a serious horror film, but I like the cheesiness, I like the silliness with my yeah. horror Holiday horror movies. Why? I don't know. But it's, it's just one of those things for me. I'm like, it's a holiday. It's supposed to be like a surprise, kind of different in a sense. So yeah. this you can get really cheesy and just have fun with it. And still blood and guts, of course, but just cheesiness. I'm going mean, to have to check that one out. Thanks, yeah. Killer is about a killer turkey. That's all I'm going to say. It's about a killer turkey. You haven't seen that one? I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's... It's it, you would think that I'm either getting paid for or I had something to do with this film being made. I had neither, neither are true. I just love the film that much. Right? I wish both were true. I wish I was a part of the movie and I wish I was getting, or at the very least, they were like, Hey, listen, we'll pay you a couple dollars. Shit, we'll just give, we'll just keep giving you the, the movie for free to just give to somebody. Will you pay for yeah. shipping? Hey, fine, just send it to these people. <laughs> but yeah, right. it's definitely worth a watch. It's Oh, man, I can go on and on for days about that movie. <laughs> it's probably one of those movies I literally review with people every single, like around Thanksgiving, like every single year. It's just that is just one of those movies I have to watch. My wife right. will watch that movie with me. She watched it for two minutes and left the room. She's like, I can't do this. 
<laughs> no. There are some that are like that, but you know, I will say that my favorite holiday horror is um, probably like Christmas, the original. The it, scene where he's coming down the steps and the hair grabs that hair. That's that's the scene that still to this day scares me. Yeah. Don't get me. It's a really, really, really good. Like if you want to watch a good horror horror holiday movie, watch that. If you want to watch something cheesy and yeah. just like turn your brain off, you watch Things Killing. <laughs> that's, how, that's how you can do it. It's just it's just one of those things, but I love it, man. It's have you done a holiday horror movie or would you? If you haven't already? I want to really bad. Um I have I've talked to people about it before. Um there's even been a script before for one. Um Oh nice. You would you wouldn't believe how many scripts there's been, <laughs> but and then, and a lot of it never even happens. But um, for the ones that do, there hasn't been a holiday horror one yet. But I would love for like a great holiday something that just kind of sticks out. Now, what, really what holiday would it be for you, though? Because mm. Chris, you know? I, I'm I'm asking this because the biggest two, the obvious one is Halloween, and then yeah. the second, then the second one is Christmas. It's always Christmas and Halloween. Thanksgiving, we don't have many. You know, so it's like, yeah. would it be one of the, I'm not, I'm not saying I wouldn't bat, I would watch it either way, but would it be like one of those or would it be one that like people just don't really like St. Patrick's Day? I know you got Leprechaun, but technically it doesn't really, you don't know what day that movie, none of those movies take place on, but like yeah. St. Patrick's Day, what else is there? Valentine's Day, New I Year. Valentine's Day one. I think Valentine's Day would be fun. I do have a film. Uh, well, that's not, in fruitation yet i've had a lot of people look at it a lot of people have asked me like when is it going to happen it's called halloween night and i think it's i've been told it's my greatest that i've ever written and i've written a lot and showed people a lot um i've even had people uh i had like a couple of people try to buy this the script off of me um but if that one happens it'll happen next year around october which i would want like a really like good team for that because it's very different there's like so much going on mm -hmm. um but it's like a homage kind of to the evil dead is the reason that i wrote it um but it kind of comes off a little bit almost kind of like night of the demons yeah. a little bit of the exorcist i think a little bit of everything that i love is in there um but if i if i did it i probably do halloween so, okay interesting yeah. interesting yeah. How about you? If you were to, as far as being in a holiday horror movie, do you have a certain holiday you would want to choose? Or um, I think that since there's not a lot of Valentine's Day ones, yeah. it'd be fun to do a Valentine's Day one just because. I mean, you know, like some kind of, I don't know, Killer Valentine's or something. You know, they've yeah. got Killer Donuts. I mean, you know, That's could have some, you know, Killer yeah. Valentine's. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That was a funny movie, by the way. Killer Donuts. Right. Very fun. <laughs> I, I love the donuts, though. Just the way they do. some kind of a creepy. Oh, thing. Like so, so okay. So with with that movie, I'm going back to Thanksgiving really quick. Won't uh -huh. be that long. The same mindset you watched Killer Donuts with. Watch that Thanksgiving. Right. Have a right. good time with it. Like you can't. It's it's there. There's those horror films that we all enjoy and love. You cannot go into them watching it like you're going to be watching the thing or something like more serious. 
and all that. You know, you, you have to just go in there. You just shut your brain off. If you have a drink, have a drink. If you smoke weed, smoke weed, whatever. If you do that and just kind of just enjoy it again, turn your brain off. If you have a significant other that's not really into those, don't even watch it with them at all. Because you know, early me and my friend used to like in high school. The last slumber party. Did you ever watch that slumber party? The last slumber party. The last slumber party. No. Yeah. Oh, we used to put it on mute and make up our own words. Oh, you know what we used to do as kids? It's funny you say that because what we used to do as kids, something very similar to that was um watching either movies or cartoons or whatever, but have music playing in the background and mute the TV. And it look, sometimes it looks like they're singing or rapping the words. Funny if it's the cartoon. And <laughs> I would, you know what I wanted to Why didn't we have, I wish we had the technology that people have out now because you know they do voiceovers now for things. We were doing that. We just didn't have the technology to record it and put it out for the world to see, for the world to see. But I feel like everybody who's grown up, I'm not sure how to you how old you two are, but I'm guessing I'm gonna assume 30s, early 30s, maybe older, maybe a little younger. But that era, like of kids, when we did recording stuff and all that stuff, you know, you you record off the radio, you record off the VC, off the TV. But we'd also do stuff like that, like what you just mentioned. And now you see people doing it and putting it on YouTube and making money off it. I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, where's my cut? We started this. <laughs> we started all this. We shouldn't have the internet. Yeah. Oh shit. But yeah, that, that is something that's fun and funny to do. We just, would you know. make movies as a kid. Like we actually would have a script and get the video camera. And nice. um, me and my friends were like up till 3 a.m. one day. We had to do a version of Anne Frank, and we actually turned it in for, like, a project, which they loved it. So we did, like, we created, like, Anne Frank that, <laughs> on, that, shot on video. <laughs> that's cool, though. I mean, because it's like, and now look what you're doing. Like, you're doing movies now. So it's yeah. kind of like, it was It was kind of like you're calling. Maybe you weren't looking at it like that when you were a kid. You're just looking at I'm just hanging out with my friends having fun. But now you're like. It could be similar, like you're hanging out with some some friends having fun, but it's more of like, okay, we got to take this a little more serious because I really want this to come out and get it out for people to see. And yeah. it's just one of those things. It's it's cool though how that happened. It's funny, you, and it's funny you mentioned that because what we used to do as kids, we didn't do movies, but we would big in the wrestling. So we had the um, yeah. we had my my one cousin had like the wrestling. He always had the wrestling CDs. And we always had like the wrestling video games, so <laughs> we'd use the video games like the Ghetto Titan Tron. You know how like you can create a, you can create a player, create a wrestler. You can yeah. have like, your video as the background, and then we would play the actual song and just use that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember really quick. My bro- my one brother Henry was acting like he was. I'm not sure if you guys Steve Blackman. He does. He was. He wasn't like really big, big like a huge name. But he did like I don't know if he had nunchucks or whatever he had that he was like spinning around there. I don't know if it was nunchucks or one of those bamboo sticks. But instead of that, my my mother used to have these big ass with you know the wooden spoon, the wooden fork. Like he was just doing that, like shooting him around. I was flicking the lights on, just stuff like that. I'm just like it's just, oh man, kids need to fucking start. Kids need to start using their creativities, their creative minds a lot more. Yeah, yeah. having fun. Like I understand all the technology and stuff we have out now, which makes things easier and. But just simple shit like that was so fun. And yes, 
We would even record it on the video camera. Some days we'd go back and watch it later on. Some days we just record it just to record it. And we would be the wrestler, the announcer, the crowd. We'd be like everything. <laughs> and just having the most fun. Yeah. Oh, man, I miss those days. Those were the days. <laughs> I mean, even going to the video store, That's that That was, that oh, was huge that was for me. Nice. That was the best. It was... Yeah. And it was one of those things where it's like, okay, you were good this week. You didn't get in any, you didn't do anything stupid this week. We're going to the video store on Friday to get a couple movies in a game. And like for us, there was, we had a blockbuster. We had another place called Screen Gems, Hollywood Video, and Super Video. And I, I honestly, I feel like Screen Gems and maybe Super Video are probably better than the bigger name ones because they don't always have. Some of those unheard of movies, because, you know, <laughs> for whatever yeah. reason. And I just miss going in there, like, just, I have this conversation a lot, which I want both your opinions on this one. So I do love having, like, Netflix and Hulu and all the streaming shit you have, because it's just right, like, you literally do not have to leave. But I also miss going to the, here's, here, that's the great thing, and you have all this access to many, many, many movies. That's a, that's a good and bad. The good, you have access to all those movies. The bad, you have access to all those movies. You can't figure out what the hell you want to watch. So you end up watching the same shit over and over and over anyway. The video right. store, at least with the video store, say they had, say you're going for horror movies. Let's just say they had 25 horror movies in there and you get one movie a week. After you watch those 25 movies, you'll either start those over again or you'll find something else to kind of, you know what I mean? But with, because yeah. you only have a limited time, you have the limited thing. And then like when my mother would take us, you have we only have X amount of minutes or maybe a half hour, let's say an hour tops to find movie or movies or game, whatever we're getting, and then go. Cause it's like grab something by the time she's ready, it's like get it and go or we're leaving. <laughs> and it's like, oh shit. All right, now we gotta hurry up. <laughs> and you don't have that with that's what I miss though. I miss like I miss going in there and you kind of the smell of the store. Yeah. It's, it was cool being a regular that's where people know you and they're just like, hey, you know, that movie we were looking for last week, we, we got it if you want. I'm like, hey, this trip's going to be a lot faster, man. <laughs> we're done. Yeah. Yeah. And now, again, you watch, there's millions of movies you can just pull up and watch and there's times where it's just like, fuck, I don't know what to watch. And this is minus the pull podcasting thing. This is minus the wheel spinning and picking for us. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you feel about that as far as movie stores versus, or video stores, yeah, versus what we have now again how you can just grab your damn remote and play damn near anything i mean i i like having the access to the movies but i miss the movie store i mean because that's i i spent a lot of time there growing up um you know when you got rewarded for stuff and you know you didn't just get you know all this back when you actually went out and did stuff um as far as creative stuff um you know, we didn't go in until the lights came on. You know, we played outside all day. We didn't yeah. sit in front of the computer. Um, back in the good, I mean, there. I remember my grandmother had her eight track in her car, and you know, that was that was big stuff back then. You know, because she had an eight track in the car. You know, a lot of these kids nowadays don't even know what that is. But um, yeah, thanks for guessing me in the thirties, though. I just turned forty-four. But um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I miss the stores itself. Um, I do have like having access, but like you said, you know, you're sitting there and there's all these movies and it's really hard to figure out which one and then which streaming service do you look at, which, you know, and it's, it yeah. gets more frustrating than anything, honestly. And that's why we did the wheels for the two shows. Cause it's just like, this is just too much. 
<laughs> I think I might have to do the Will thing because, you know, this one right here takes four hours to figure out a movie and then it takes three hours to get through a one hour movie. So I, th- I honestly, I yeah. really feel like it's a, a great <laughs> idea for people, whether you have a podcast, you want to review movies or if you're just like, yeah, let's watch a movie, maybe yeah. do, it by, do it by genre or do it by just one big ass wheel with a bunch of movies on it that you've seen or never seen and just spin it, whatever it picks. That's what mm-hmm. we're watching. And the reason why I feel like that's a, another good idea too, is because there's no arguing. There's like, Oh, what do you want to watch? What do you want? It's like, look, let's just spin the wheel, whatever it picks. This is what we do. Right. You know, for those of you, who, I mean, if you're going out to eat or whatever, you can't decide dinner and you have all the ingredients, do the same thing for dinner. Shit. Oh, yeah. this is what we're having for dinner. This is what we're doing. I mean, I would, you know, the coin flip for the NFL, that's of only two choices. So you had to, you had to step it up for most, more choices and everybody's happy or everybody's mad, but you're not mad at each other. You're mad at the wheel, if anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. This stupid well, shit. We've, we've got an app for the physical media. It's movie collection, and you can literally do a randomizer, and it'll pick whatever movie for you. But it's you know for the physical media, of course. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. I mean, either either or though. Matter, I could. Well, when we get off after this, I'll show you guys the wheels because I don't want to confuse people and spin it tonight, or confuse myself and spin it tonight. <laughs> but um, how about you, Adam? If um, I miss the video store only because um the type of movies that I, I i would rent you don't really see them out and about anymore like when they're on streaming services are they censored or you know is is there something you know censorship is so big right now and it's like um you know i i was you know so like i miss going to the store seeing the artwork uh reading the backs of it um and a, there's a lot of movies that I, I really love from that era that's never been released on anything else so it's it's like you know you have access you know to streaming online and things like that um but i i hate that you know you don't have access to some of the films that you may love or that could have uh problems with um like legal issues that they can't re-release it again. I know several films like that. Um, and, you know, it's, I don't know. It was like, I, I always rented like the five movies, five dollars, five night. Mm-hmm. And every, out of the two films, I would always rent Tarot Ten Killer and The Last Slimmer Party. Those are the two that I always got every weekend, no matter what. I got to check so, the Slimmer Party movie out. It's, it, it's, it's fun. But, um, you know, I, I miss that and, and being able to see like some of the, you know, the different franchises, I guess, that aren't as big um, now. It's where I would, you know, find those at. And, um, you know, getting free popcorn, we like rent something, you know. Oh, so, once you get that little ticket thing full, you get either popcorn or candy. Yep. Yeah. That too. So. And um, really quick, though, Tubi does have a lot of older movies on there, like older movies in general, but a lot of older horror that I've never even heard. I'm like, holy shit, I've never seen this. Like, there's one movie that I watched twice so far, and I know I'm going to watch it again. I actually did a podcast on it twice. I enjoyed it so much. It's called Intruder. Okay, yeah, I love that movie. (laughs) Like, I love that it's just shot in a grocery store. Yes. It's one of those films where I'm like, yo, if you're going to watch this movie, make sure you have something to eat because it's in a grocery store. You don't necessarily see them eating, but just me watching that, excuse me, and then seeing like the chips and the, every 
freaking because you see just the bag of things and the name brand stuff. I'm like, this is getting me hungry. This is getting me yeah. hungry. Like, I gotta eat before and maybe have like a light snack during it or whatever. But I, I love that freaking like that's one movie where people are like in Facebook groups, like, hey, I'm on, I need a movie to watch, blah, blah, blah. Let me, but nothing, you know, nothing big name like Intruder. You gotta watch Intruder. Fun. Because it's, it's a fun film. Some really cool kills. Yes, they look cheesy once you, when you're watching it, it's like, holy shit. But they're cool. The, the concepts, the ideas of the kills are amazing. And it's practical, like, it's practical effects. I love how it's not all CGI'd up. That's beautiful to me. Like, I yeah. just, I feel, I under, all right, so I'll say it like this. I don't hate CGI. I don't love it. I do understand it's needed in times just because, but I, I feel, <laughs> I feel it's, CGI is better in action films or like the, the hero superhero films like Marvel and DC than it is in horror. Horror films, practical effects all the way. Yeah. And again, I do, I don't love it. I barely like it, but I do understand here and there when it needs to be used in horror films. It's just, sometimes it's, no, not some, a lot of times it's overdone. It just looks like, it's like, what the fuck, man? Just. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, talking about CGI and, and special effects, I will say it also saves a lot of time. Like when we did the, the, um, the segment for fucked, um, which is a horror anthology coming out. Um, it's directed by all female directors doing extreme horror. Nice. Um, and I'm going to tell you that when we shot that, I had no idea what it was going to look like. I had no idea the final product. I just knew that I was going to be there. It was kind of like I was filling in for somebody because uh, somebody had gotten sick and mm. they couldn't make the shoot. So I took over the role and you know, helped out. Well, I'm sitting there drinking iced coffee and I can't move for, what was it? Four and a half to five hours. Yeah. And I had to pee (laughs) really bad. So there's so much special effects going on that I literally cannot move no matter what I do. Um, So I had to sit there and hold it for four and a half hours. That's iced coffee. Yeah. So, whereas, like, if it was CGI, you know, like, you know, you just film it real fast and go back and put it over. But um, the special effects, you know, yeah, definitely. The, the special effects are did an amazing job on it. Yeah. Uh, Derek Worley. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of sick. <laughs> There's the least. Yeah, that segment, a lot of people walked out on, like, whenever they were seeing it, they couldn't handle it. But yeah, it's. You know, you know what it is with the practical effects and special effects is it's it's more memorable. Like, yeah. like holy shit, they did that in this film I before all the CGI. Shit. CGI is just like again, it's it's a for me CGI is a hit or miss. It's yeah. a hit, or miss. and then for practical effects, I feel like it's never a miss, even if it doesn't look as great. Some practical effects I feel obviously look better than other practical effects, but it's still to me, it's just still better than CGI. Just because, yeah. like, it's... I'm not going to say you put in more effort because I know that it does take time and talent to do CGI, so I'm not going to take away from that. Yeah. It just... I don't know. Well, and, I mean, I was watching a movie the other day, and literally it was just, you know, a gunshot. And so you've got the little fake splatter that goes over. It's just like, why did you need that? You just have, like, this little cartoon blood spot that pops up. There's yeah. like, the person's falling down, and there's no blood on them. It's like, okay, it's not even... Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it doesn't even make sense. But I mean, it was just a pointless, you know. Yeah. And the whole movie was like that. It's just random, you know, blood shots, and it's like, but the person's not bloody when they lay on the ground. So how is that? I mean, it's yeah. not. It's. Uh, yeah. I it, keep mine. Like any special effects or prosthetic, I've kept. So. I, I literally have really like right beside me, but um, I, there was one that I really wish I would have kept, and it was from Cannibal Hookers. I would have, I would have kept that. It was so cool. Yeah. What was yeah. it? At my, they, so I, I'm just like a, a cameo in Cannibal Hookers, but mm-hmm. I, I did help with like some of the back stuff as well when like during the shoot. Um, but uh, I had my my face eaten off by hookers. Awesome. <laughs> so, they literally had like this prosthetic that was like uh, they used like steak sauce and um fake blood and they literally like glued it on and i was like steak sauce really and i was like no like really it looked really good when we were there <laughs> and uh it was just uh it was it was really cool to to see that one um i think that was the first time i ever had a prosthetic on like you know so mm-hmm. But then, like, as we went in and started doing, like, you know, other films that had more of the budget, and then, you know, you have a special effects artist like Derek Worley that we had worked with. I know that he had, he's, like, even worked on, like, Zombieland 2. Great, great special effects artist. I love his effects. Um, He, uh, the, when, when he did the special effects on the, the projects that I worked with him on, I mean, just like seeing it there in person and like looking at it and just, you know, how the blood comes out. It's just, it's, it's way more fun to work with that. In between scenes, he'll be sitting on set and he'll be, you know, painting it just to make sure it's the perfect, you know, color to match everybody. And, you know, if there needs to be veins, he's painting veins. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, it's, he takes his time with it and does it right. So, and it's cool to watch, watch that kind of come to light because it's like, you know, you see it, seeing it is one thing. But when it's on you and you have like tubes going through your shirt and and then it's like the 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 big scene and thing like that that when like blood splats out on somebody you know it's it's really cool to kind of see that because it looks real on set as well. Awesome. So, yeah. That's just some of the. We're all we're all fans of practical effects, is what. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Practical Special. effects in video stores. We're oh, old yeah. people. We're old school. Let's yep. get back to that. <laughs> And I mean, back to the whole thing, they almost they almost had it come back decently with um, when Netflix first came out where you could rent the DVDs or whatever. And then I'll even say with the red box, that was like the closest we got. Yeah. But it still wasn't the same. E- shit, I remember even when you can rent movies, you can rent movies from grocery stores, which was cool. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's just like red box. When it first came out, there used to be lines. Now, the few red boxes that I do see. I don't even think people run from them shits anymore. Honestly, I don't know. But again, I feel it's because of you got Netflix and all that other stuff. And it's just, uh, I just miss it, man. Like, I wish I could just go. Some days I'm like, I wish I could just go to the video store and rent a movie and call it a day. Yeah. The laziness also kicks in. I'm like, you know what? Let me just find a movie and just push. <laughs> Let me just go to Hulu or Netflix or whatever and just push play. So, you know, I'll, I'll help they bring drive-ins for that like drive-ins back where you can watch a movie and be in like your own space, not like exposed to COVID, like in a movie theater. 
and like have the whole driving experience. They, I know they did somewhat last year, um, but I feel it, w- it wouldn't be a bad idea. I personally, shit, I haven't been to the drive-ins in years. I would go see. I wouldn't even mind going back to a theater if it's like limited capacity or whatever the case may be. It's just the mm-hmm. whole thing with it is the mask thing. Like I do wear my mask when I go out and about, but it's like if I'm sitting here for two hours watching this movie, I really don't want to have to wear my mask. But at the same time, I know people do their jobs, nine to fives and all that stuff and wear their masks. So I can't really, but I can't enjoy my popcorn. I just, I'm like, I might as well just watch it at home. Yeah. But the theater, there's nothing like a theater experience or like you're saying a driving experience. So watching a movie on the big screen and you're all like, that's one thing I missed too, was like cons and all that shit. Cause you're all there at this one place for a purpose. You're there to either watch this movie Excuse me, or if you're going to a con, you're there for that convention for whatever's going on at the horror conventions. And ah, this COVID crap needs to go away. Hurry up and go away, COVID. We don't want you anymore. Agreed. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm tired of it. I mean, the best part about it is I'm working from home, which I do love. Way more productive because it's more laid back for me. Like, I work for the state. It's laid back in the state, but it's even more laid back at home. I have movies playing or something, and I'm just working get up and walk around if you need to all that other stuff so that's like the benefit of it but other than that covid sucks <laughs> it did i mean it really does because it's just like shit we're just it seems weird almost like it seems really weird. just think like say say things get settled with covid to the points where we're going back out how we were and just Think about having these conversations 10, 20 years from now when you're talking to kids, like little kids that were born during this time or, you know, maybe a certain age that didn't really understand. Then then they're adults and just they're like, did this really happen? Yes, this really happened. We were stuck in time for at least two years or three years or whatever the case may be. And now, you know, you're having a conversation like that was many years ago. I can't believe it happened. Like, what the fuck? And just it's almost unreal now. It's bizarre. What and you know, like we just got our COVID shot today, so we're sore. Um, <laughs> also, the uh, um, like even like filming movies and like a lot of movies that's coming out, like I don't remember any anything from at least like from Hollywood that came out that I can even remember that would have been like nominated for like an award or you know a lot of stuff's not really happening like like it like it was. I th- um, you know what it is with that though? A lot of movies, I'm I'll stick with horror in general, but I feel like probably all across the board are holding their things back in hopes that COVID, you know, the theaters and stuff will open up, which I do understand. I do 100 percent understand that. But it's getting to the point to where, like, for example, Candyman was supposed to come out last October. Or I think it was supposed to come out last summer and then it then it got pushed to October. And I don't know when it's supposed to come out this year, if at all. I'm seeing some movies like uh what is it, Conjuring Three, I believe that's coming out on HBO Max to rent. Which I feel like that may just be the a, a good move. It sucks and it's sad because I feel bad for the people that lost their jobs that work in theaters and all that stuff. That you know those type of jobs, like cause something like that, you don't know when or if they're going to open back up again. I'm sure they will eventually, maybe small, but still, that's a lot of people that are out of work or a lot of people that lost their jobs, and that does suck. But I do feel, as far as the movies go, you gotta. You might, it might, it's, we might come to a point where there's no longer theaters, which seems crazy and it would suck to where the movie theater is going to be okay. This movie's coming out this Friday. You want to watch it? You can rent it at home for, let's say, 20 bucks. And I always might say 20 bucks, 20, 25 bucks is 
Shit, how much do I don't even know how much movie tickets cost anymore? <laughs> I think that they had one like there was a new release somewhere. I think it was like around twenty bucks. But mm-hmm. then you think like all the people that's watching it in the household. Yeah, exactly. So it's not it. It seemed like oh fuck, twenty bucks to rent a movie for twenty four hours. But then you're like, we're gonna go see this in theaters and spend twenty bucks would get me in and like that's it. You would be able to. Like, you know, you better get some change <laughs> type of deal. Yeah. And if you want to eat, 20 bucks ain't doing shit. Even going to the movies by yourself, <laughs> you better sneak some stuff in. So We're the- uh, lucky. Our our theater here, um, it does, mo- like, new releases that just comes out for five bucks. Candy is like a dollar. Nice. That's not bad. That's how it should be, though. That's really yeah. how I feel... I'll say let's max it out. The ticket price is at 10 bucks. But when you're having like 10, 15, 25, like the crazy prices and it's to where people want to go to the movies with their families, that's expensive for a date. That's an expensive ass date. Like yeah. before it was like, yeah, you know, we'll pay for everything. Now it's like, listen, do you want to go see this movie? You're going to have to, you're going to have to chip in. <laughs> yeah, I went to um, one that would come out in 3d and it was like 50 bucks for two people. That's crazy. And, you know, it's, yeah, and then that was a few years ago. Yeah, because you would think about you'd think fifty to a hundred bucks should easily you should easily be able to go watch a movie, have a couple snacks, and go to dinner or go to dinner first and be good with that hundred hundred twenty bucks. But now well, it's, have- that's damn near damn near just to go on a date just to watch a damn movie is damn near a hundred bucks. It seems like well shit. Right? They have a Cinnabar uh, here in Knoxville. Um, do y'all have one where C- you're at? Cinnabar. So it's a restaurant inside of a movie theater and it's like you get the table in front of you. You have servers. It's constantly like filling up your drinks. There's recliners. And (laughs) you're literally like in the recliner, lean back to the table with like gourmet food and a beer watching the movie. Experience right there is worth the 50 to 60 bucks. We don't have. And I say that because you're getting the dinner and the movie literally together. Yeah, and I'm one of those people. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm one of those people. Like, I eat more when I'm sitting down watching TV. If I go out to eat, I don't always finish my food. I'll bring it home. But if we order in, this is of course pre-COVID, back before. Yes, people, restaurants were a thing. They will be a thing again. Kind of like video stores. I wish they were a thing again. But yeah. So for those of you who've never been to a restaurant, pretty much these places you go, you order food, you sit down, you eat. But. Mixing that with a movie theater, I think, is a genius idea. I don't know why they're not like all over the place. Well, again, pre-COVID, I don't know why they weren't all over the place. Because if you really think about it, a lot of times people do dinner and they literally do dinner in a movie. It's like, okay, we'll have dinner at six. The movie starts at nine. That gives us time to eat, walk the food. But it's like if you get it all at once, that hour and a half to two hours of that movie and that hour and a half to two hours of dinner combined into one, you're not you're killing two birds with one stone. You still have whatever you know, whatever you want to do next. Yeah, but it's. I don't know. I I think that's an amazing idea. I wish they had that here. What they do have here now, though, what is the, I can't think of. I think it's Bowtie Cinemas. They they do. I I know they have beer. I believe they have wine too. But I'm not sure if you could bring in the actual theater. I've never ordered it or not, or I've never ordered it, so I don't know. Or if you just like because they have like tables and stuff, so if you, maybe you have to drink that. That I'm not sure of. But I do feel like that is an amazing idea with the. Excuse me, with the whole servers and the table right in front of you, and all that, because they can. I feel like damn near every theater can do it. You take out some of them damn chairs. Yeah, have the have right. a table here, so the table would be like a little bit lower, you know, so the 
It would work, people. Make it happen, theaters. Come on. Yeah. And then at the, at the one that they have here, they have like a full bar and like a like I want to say it's like three page menu. Like it's got like amazing food. Um, even like bread pudding, like my favorite dessert. <laughs> See, <laughs> they have that. It's it's just it's just simple things like that. And yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to eat? And have a drink and watch watch a good movie or a bad movie, whatever you're going to see, and just enjoy that time. And then you get up and go because it's just. Here's the other thing with that too. There's been times where like you want to go out. I'm, I'll speak for myself. Where you go out to eat, you go to a movie, and then by the time you're done eating dinner in the movie or lunch in the movie, you're like, "Fuck, that was like four hours. I I need to go lay down and take a nap." But you're again, you yeah. combine these two, you're good. Yeah, yeah. So theaters, when you come back, do that. Theaters and <laughs> restaurants, just team up and do that. I think yeah. it. I mean, I think it's a great idea. I think it's an amazing idea. Yeah, and I'm I'm a little jealous now that <laughs> we don't have that. I wish that they would do more with the whole indie thing because, like, to actually get your movie in a theater, that would be. Um, awesome. You never like researched it and look at like what you can do. I I, w- I wish that they would. Um, I wish it was more kind of like I guess when I say the eighties. 70s, mm-hmm. 80s, um, just because there was more things that could be shown, you know, back then that were, you know, possibly like lower budget um, compared to, you know, like today. It's, you know, if it's if it's not in Hollywood, more than likely it's not going to be in the theaters. And that's not necessarily true for all the time. There are some like really big indie productions that um, that are in theater. Um, yeah. But to bring the, you know, the indie films and allow them to go to theaters, I think would help sales to be honest, because there's a lot more creativity that goes into that. Um, I would love to see that happen when movie theaters come back. It's, I mean, I I think it would be an awesome idea. I think the toughest part that you're saying would be the sales part at first, because a lot of people aren't really into, uh, let me, I'm going to, a lot, there's a lot of people that, 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 not that they're not into them, but they don't know about indie films. Like I just recently learned about indie films within the past few years. And now I'm just like, holy shit. There's a lot of people that don't know about them. I feel like, especially if you're not into horror movies, you may not, I'm not saying you don't know about them, but I'm saying you may not know about them as much because I feel horror films definitely take advantage of the whole indie scene. A hundred, a hundred percent. You see. Oh, yeah. Damn near every day you're seeing a new thing, which I think is great of a new horror, a new Indiegogo going for a horror film, film versus like any other genre. You don't really see. I've never seen it. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I've never seen it personally. Yeah. But um, I think it's great. I, th- I think it would be a great idea for. And again, this is for genres all across the board to have like a place, an indie theater or, or a theater that shows indie films, even if it was just like, OK, so one you know like a thursday or friday night or whatever no fridays when they have so let's say like a tuesday or wednesday is when we show indie films that's all we show or this is what we show is indie films at this theater that would help i think that would really help yeah and maybe even the um i don't know how easy it would be but maybe like the mom and pop type theaters like the yes they show the big movies that they usually come out later but it's like hey you can watch this indie scene before this indie film before anybody like i think that would be an amazing idea double features yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe I don't know. Again, I'm not familiar with any of this, but maybe even somehow with Film Fest, start you know, look, why don't we do Film Fest at theaters? Yeah, have a few we have one in Knoxville that does it. They that, do a Knoxville Horror Film Festival here, but I know, like last, I think it was last year, they 
they had, I know it wasn't last year because they had COVID last year, but the year before last, we had the Evil Dead in 4K. I know they had Zombie in 4K. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they had like some of the classics with like indie productions as well. Uh, and then they had like the 24 hour film festival. We had like 24 hours to make a film. And they actually, like, surprisingly are really good. Um, yeah. And uh, very crafty. And it's a great, great, great festival. If you ever make it to it, Knoxville Horror Film Festival is like the place to go. <laughs> really? That's, oh, yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Sold I like, out theaters. I, I love that idea, though. I love that idea of showing indie films in theaters. I also like the idea of, which I say this all the time, is having a theater more, probably more of a mom and pop thing that just shows just horror movies, just classic horror movies. Yeah, I feel and I, I feel those theaters would be filled. Depend, it'll probably depend on the city or town that they're in. But I still feel those theaters couldn't do very well because there's a lot of people just like. I mean, for me, for example, I love new horror movies. I love old horror movies, but there's just certain films. It's like I would love to see the original Friday the Thirteenth on the big screen. I would love to see the original Halloween on the big screen. I did get to see Nightmare on Elm Street a couple years ago when they did. Was it? 35th anniversary 30 whatever anniversary it was for they were showing in theaters and the cool thing about it was they're showing like in regal cinemas and stuff if i'm not mistaken i think the the tickets were like five bucks and like popcorn and stuff like everything was like five it was like the old school prices and i can get with that i can get with oh yeah we also seen jaws a couple years ago in theaters which was just another amazing i didn't even think about that one but that was another amazing thing to see the classic, I mean, again, seeing the classic films would just be so freaking awesome to see those. Even if they did them, say if the bigger theaters did them, again, on a, what, Sunday or something? Just, if they did it one day a week, every single week where you just, even if it's just showing the same, like, say say this Sunday coming, they're showing Friday the 13th. Next Sunday, they're showing Halloween. The following, you know, they're just switching it up every week, but they're just showing classics. A lot of horror fans, old and young, would want to go see those movies. Cause you got the older ones that are just like, Hey, this, I seen this when I was your, like, you know, say they're taking their child or they're taking their adult child. I seen this when I was your age. Like, yeah. First of all, dad, you're old as shit. Second of all, this <laughs> movie is awesome. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think it would work across the board again with the indie horror and you know, the classics that we have. Why not? They had a, um, it was uh, over at the iGems, I believe it was. Uh, a couple of years ago, they have a big quarry down there, and mm-hmm. they set up a big screen, and everybody was in their floats and watching Jaws. See that? I can't do. I would just be... <laughs> <laughs> Pools, yes. Like, if I'm sitting in a pool with a tube, possibly. But then again, I'm like, Jaws is a long-ass movie. There's going to be a lot of people pissing in that water. Are you all just sitting together? But <laughs> the idea is a cool idea. But in a yeah. pool, I'd, I'd, I would, I'd be more likely to try in a pool. I'm not doing it in any type of open. I don't care if it's a pond, a lake, a river, a puddle. <laughs> no. Could be wild animals and that shit. And I'm not dealing with it. <laughs> right? I mean, you'll, you'd probably have to deal with those assholes that are swimming around with the fake shark fin and pulling on your leg or something during the movie. That's fine. Yeah. If you get kicked in the face, that's that's your own fault. But <laughs> I, I, yeah, I've I seen those on... Um, on Facebook, like a picture with the you know with the big screen up, and people are just in the water, and I'm just like, nah, fuck that, yeah. <laughs> I can't do that. I I would mm-mm. now it had to be like six feet apart from each float. <laughs> Basically, 
now yeah because yeah. everybody's all gathered together and it's just that's the funny thing about covid because it makes you think like well shit like for one i know with um the whole mask wearing thing just think if we would have did like just think of those times instead of you know everybody has to work nine to five jobs those days where you went to work sick just imagine if you had a mask on like our other people had a mask on to where it didn't spread as much and you're just like this, this masking does make sense it sucks but it makes sense for certain things like again once things get back to quote-unquote normal or better than normal as i would like to say and like if there's days where you're feeling sick and you have to go some just throw a mask on I mean, if even if the mask man they just just throw a mask on because you see, like I'm not gonna say all, but you see the Asian community doing it for years, yeah. even and even here in America, I'm saying not just when you're watching whatever. If you've ever been to an Asian community or whatever, but I'm just saying like even here, and it's just like if you think about it now, especially with this whole COVID, you're like that makes a lot of fucking sense because there's a lot of people coughing and sneezing that don't cover their mouths. At least the mask will do it for them. <laughs> At least the mask will do it for them for one. Or two, if you're sick or someone else is sick, but you have to do shit, it's like, why the hell not? Yeah. I mean, hopefully this COVID thing is getting people to wash their hands because uh, I've yeah. been in the men's room, guys, and you guys have used the bathroom and just walk right the fuck out. That's disgusting. I blame you guys for COVID because it doesn't make sense. Like, how are you going to go to the bathroom, leave, and then go eat your damn lunch without washing your hands? That's disgusting. That's not very healthy. You gave us, you got, you got COVID. You got, you brought COVID here. Whoever does that. You're the, you're the reason for COVID. My little rant's over now. My COVID rant's over for now, guys. <laughs> oh, man, I, I can't wait to see what you guys have coming up next. Uh, please let me know in these movies, anything that you have drops or drops. I do want to see it. I did watch the one film you sent, which I'm sorry. I forgot the name really I as I was working. Say that again. Really madly, yeah. Interesting, a very interesting movie. It was. I don't want to give anything away. All I was gonna say is that mother was fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was one of the most bizarre, like, how would I put it? Like shooting experiences. Um, that was the one that was very, very hot. Um, working the forty hours a week get off from work, drive straight from Tennessee to Kentucky, um, get up there. I've been driving all night, film all day, um, stay up all night because you're too excited to sleep. And then very next morning you're filming again. And then you film, film, film until you're driving back with literally no sleep, going into work, working an eight hour shift and driving an hour back home. I mean, it was like that for two years. Um, And I I like the uh, the gritty the gritty uh, aspect. A lot of people haven't got to see that um, what that film actually looks like because when you look at the trailer, um, you see the footage. But yeah. what I sent you and you saw how the picture actually looked, mm-hmm. they did a lot, a lot of editing, uh, like over hundreds of hours to really make it look like a grindhouse film. So. Yeah, that, and that like it. I like how in the beginning of the film it says nothing's wrong with you. I forgot what it says exactly. For basically, nothing's wrong with your TV. This is how the film was edited to look like yeah. that. Like, yeah, but I, I like the look because it was like an old, like it was like that old school look, and it made me think of uh, um. Actually, I'm just thinking about it now, like a documentary style type. Yeah, and it so, reminds me of Boggy Creek in a way, like the way it looks, like the documentary. 
Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the old, because I watched The Legend of Boggy Creek on VHS. That's what it reminded me of when I watched it. A uh, VHS look. That's another thing I got from that, which I miss. Uh, listen here. This is something I've been saying for the past, I don't know how long. I would love for Blu-rays and DVDs to, when they come out with the films, come out with the film that has the beautiful, crisp Blu-ray look or DVD look, whatever look, and then have the VHS look. So you have an option of watching it in either. I say that because, yes, I love the, everybody loves the crisp look, the beautiful look, the beautiful sound, but I miss that grittiness of the VHS, and it makes the movie a little scarier because there's certain shit you don't see in a VHS because the quality wasn't as good that you see in a Blu-ray, yeah. and at times it kind of takes away from the film. I mean, sometimes it's cool. Like, holy shit, I've never seen this before. And then yeah. other times they're just like, oh, fuck, that just took everything away. And I just miss the grittiness. The, the only thing I don't miss about VHS, rewinding and when the tape gets, when the tape gets chewed up. Other than that, we're good. <laughs> I mean, I still buy VHS. If, if, I, if I see any filmmaker who's like got a VHS out, I'm going to buy it. Do I just recently v- bought the Amityville Vibrator on VHS, and it's probably like one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. I was like, wait a minute. You bought the Amityville vibe? I was like, wait a minute. Are we still talking about movies? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be. It's amazing. <laughs> so you ha- now, because I know there are some people who just collect VHS and just collect them. So you collect and watch them as well. I have, when I, when I buy something, I always buy two of everything. So oh. I have one that I have um, literally like a movie collection that's open and I have a movie collection that's unopened. I like that. I like yeah. that. I'm not I even have like laser disc as well. <laughs> I would I wish and I know they used to do it. I don't know if they still do it, but I wish that when you say you buy a Blu-ray or DVD, I wish there was something you can have where you could just scan it and it would just be like automatically in your streaming. Not like with um Netflix or whatever, but like your own thing. So because I know with certain movies, after a while, if they want to take them down off of streaming, they could take them down. But if you could just scan the movie, like look, I want to just keep this in the plastic. But I want to watch it. So and I want to watch all the DVD features, like everything, the scenes, everything. There should be something that where you could just kind of scan it in without opening it, without, you know, because you know someone have the codes, without doing all that bullshit. Just scan it, put it on my fucking thing. I gotta sign into this thing. I could watch all these movies still. Come up with this idea. Come on, people. Somebody who's smarter than me that knows how to do this, just do it. Just give me a little bit of credit. Give me 10%. Fine. Cause I know it'll sell. It's cause Again, I'm thinking of from a collector standpoint, it's like, okay, like how you're just saying you buy one to watch and one to store. Now, just imagine if you could just scan that and you could still watch it. And yeah, with the same idea of VHS, Blu ray, DVD, you get a, that all with that one disc, but you know, you could just boom. Now I have these. This is my movie collection right here. All the movies I have. What do you want to watch? This one? Okay. Well, just it's on, it's already on the TV. Don't, don't open that. Do not touch that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Off of that. <laughs> but uh i guess we can kind of wrap this one up though guys i had a great time definitely i would definitely love to have you two on again with that being said is there anything you want to plug before we uh take off um i just want uh to tell everybody that uh deadly dealings indiegogo is going to be dropping on march 30th awesome so, yeah um we we have a budget already um, I wasn't going to do one. Um, however, I'm really excited uh, about the film, and a lot of people have asked to get involved. So we have very, very, very cheap, cheap perks for people who want to be involved with it. Um, that way, 
uh, it's, you know, we know COVID's happened. We're not going to charge you like $500 for an executive producer credit, nothing like yeah. that. But um, there are very, very affordable perks that, um, you know, for people who like that kind of thing awesome. um, to get involved with. So, yeah. Awesome. And what about following? Do you have like a social media where you would want people to follow you at or? Um, the, we have the Deadly Dealings Facebook page. Um, there's also an Adam Freeman Facebook page as well. Like, uh, like, a, like a fan page. page. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can uh, look at look up just my name on there. You'll find me at Adam Freeman actor or um, also just the Deadly Dealings film page as well. Awesome. Awesome. And how about you, Steve? Yeah, I just just mainly um, looking forward to a reunion actually coming up because it was a fun project. Um, had a lot of good stuff. And then Deadly Dealings. Um, it's going to be a really fun project. It's a uh, blood glitter and you know, more blood and it's neons. It's lots of harnesses with lots of holographic materials yeah. and holographic harnesses, um, fabrics, uh, makeup, the glitter, like full, like almost, I don't even know how to explain it. It's a very artistic take yeah. on a project. So, yeah. yeah. And it's, most of it's, you know, stuff that's been made. It's not just everything's been bought. It's just some um, stuff's been bought and then it's been embellished. And there's a lot of know. handmade stuff. Yeah. Our Ouija board, I will say, our Ouija board is literally holographic and it's made out of resin and it was handmade with the wow. planchet. Um, and, you know, even just from the styles of people to like what we're doing with the lighting on it. Um, it's, it's, I don't, you know, you know how, like when you watch a Giallo film, um, you see the colored lights in the film. We're not using that. We're using cool colors. So I'm using a lot of pinks, a lot of purples, a lot of greens, a lot of blues, uh, lots of sequin on certain things. Um, handcrafted, yeah, iridescent stuff. And it's, it's very trippy. Uh, we're using like, ga like we have tons of different lighting as well. So it's gonna be fun that's awesome that's yeah. awesome i do want to thank you both again for coming on i had a great great time people go check them out i mean reunion from hell i can't wait to see that and just anything else you guys come out with come up with i definitely want to check it out i definitely want to watch it anybody indie come on let's keep making these movies let's keep helping support these movies and all that good stuff and yeah, let's just have a great time with this horror community. And I'll say movie making community, movie community in general, because I do have two shows now. I can't just ignore the other show. <laughs> but um, with that being said, people, um, where you can find me, Horror Research 30, on just, you can pretty much Google Horror Research 30 and just follow it. But Horror Research 30 on Facebook, I have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. The page is more so for me to let you guys know about updates and to just, when, like this live video is on the group and on the page. Um, but in the group, join the group, feel free to share anything and anything horror related, including your own projects that includes movies, podcasts, anything, post it right in the group. If you do live videos, share it right in the group. As long as it's horror related, it'll stay. Um, check out the Z network. There's a bunch of cool podcasts on the Z network that are connected with the Z network. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Popcorn and pints is the other show that I do. That's actually going to be, that's at nine o'clock Eastern time. Every Saturday, this Saturday, we are doing hot shots in Rocky three. 
Very, <laughs> I've never seen Hot Shots before. I've seen Rocky Three plenty of times, and yeah, so that's gonna be that's gonna be inter- interesting and entertaining tomorrow night on Horror Research Thirty at nine o'clock Eastern Time. We are doing Return of the Living Dead, and my brother, his quote was last night. He was watching our live video. He watched the wheel. Don't fuck it up. That's my favorite zombie movie. So I'm gonna try to fuck it up somehow, <laughs> just because. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So you can find again nine o'clock Eastern time, Thursday tomorrow night. We're doing what the hell did I just say? Oh, Return of the Living Dead. Saturday, two more movies. Oh, and Friday we're actually doing an interview on Popcorn and Pints with somebody with a, a local director, non horror though, but local director, which I think is just awesome. <laughs> And that's Friday at eight o'clock Eastern time for popcorn and pine. So check all that out. And again, check these awesome gentlemen out and the awesome work that they're going, that they have done and that they're going to be doing in the near future. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, I'll see you in your 